Coming up on the Naughtiest Naughty. You know what this is? This is Mr. Hanky the Christmas Poo. There's no difference. Yeah. They're, they're both the same. They're practically the same song, this. MS presents the girl next door brought the Sal Soul funk last week, but they didn't take the series winner crown from JLO for Scott. Nor did they shift outcast from Liam's series winner perch. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty. This is the podcast where we are listening to every single song. They got in the top 10 of the charts in the UK from the years 2000 to 2009. We pick a winner each week based on what we've got in our little list of tracks for the week. And then we see if it goes up against our series winner from th- th- that's been running so far. And as you heard at the start... J-Lo's been yours for a few weeks now. It's been been since the start of the year 2001, hasn't it? It's been about six Mm -hmm. weeks. Yeah, has been. And for me, Outcast, I think this would be its fourth or third week. Uh, Fourth, possibly. It's been a funny old week because, of course, we're still in lockdown. We're still going through all of that. We're still trying to recover the economy, which is totally tanked. And the creative industries has come under the spotlight because... There's just no support, is there really at the moment? It looks like a lot of it looks like a lot of the things we love are going to just on. go. The creative industries that don't support the lifestyles of those making the government and high levels decisions haven't been impacted. It's the creative industries for people that aren't in government. Yeah, have been impacted and impacted yeah. massively. So we use the headline of creative industries. No, no, no. If they want to do something, they can go do something. If normals like me want to go and do something, I can't go and do something. Yeah. So we're talking about you know music industry is going to suffer because live venues aren't getting supported yep. cinemas have already started closing because there's no money to keep them open yep. because all the films are being moved which doesn't need to happen if you know I think I think what I've found is that cinemas are some of the places that are taking it most seriously because it's a compact room because it's like air conditioned and things can swirl around they're actually taking a lot of measures to make things safe Yeah, um, it goes the same for sport you know sport isn't going back yet football is still being locked out even though it's outdoors it's open air theatres are going back though ballet is going back the proms is going back but all the things that the working class like um, it's been interestingly uh, and uh, nobody can understand quite why that's happening uh, are, being, are being locked out of F- for us as a podcast talking about music of the noughties it's great that we can do that because the music exists what I'm scared of is that when we come to doing the naughtiest 30 uh, that that your child Felix and my presumed child um, won't, won't be there to do it because there won't be any music to talk about. Yeah. And that's kind of scary because the, as we've always said, the underground needs the mainstream and the mainstream needs the underground, but the the, the cuts that are being made and the lack of support that's not, that you know, the support that isn't there is going to kill the underground, which means there'll be no mainstream, which means there'll be no music, which means there'll be no fun no. Or, or, or any kind of relief from what is quite a hard world to live in right now. It doesn't bear thinking. It doesn't bear thinking. It's just highlighted how far away... And, you know, I don't think it's a 50-50 where I live in my real world and then the government live in the other 50%. No. I can't see it being a 50-50 world. I do just think that there's just this massive detachment from, what you know, actual people. Yeah. And it's a bit like the government's like having a business, right? And, you know, if you run a business, you really need to know about your customers and you need to know your customers you need to know what the customers want and they have absolutely bloody no idea what people in society want, need or feel they don't understand mental health and actually when there's no experts there at their level to guide them on what they need to do for creative industries then actually it just goes to show you that they haven't got a clue what they're doing So we in the creative industries have been told we're not viable and we should retrain to do other things. What I find interesting is that students who've just started degrees in music, theatre, media, film, are all, first of all, being held captive in their rooms because, you know, nobody thought to tell them that maybe going to uni now during a pandemic wasn't a great idea. They're all paying fees. They've all been told to retrain to do other things. But the university course is still going ahead. The money's still being taken. Uh, they're all going to do three years of a degree for a job that isn't viable, according to this government. I just think the messaging is appalling. I just think the whole situation is devastating. And I just think 
what what can we do to make things better? I I I I feel very helpless and powerless, but I felt I had to say something because if I don't say something, I will explode. That's how I, that the revolution is coming. Bloody isn't it? it really is coming. <sighs> We're not going to be able to place it. We're not going to be able to army it. But things are going to get bad. Let's hope that change comes in whatever form it takes. Anyway, we've done the serious part. We'll talk about some pop music now <laughs> while it still exists. We've got some big stuff this week. We're going to do a big hit from Janet Jackson. We're going to do a little bit of Missy Elliott, Destiny's Child are back, and a song that is completely and unapologetically about jizzing in the bed. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> I wouldn't know. What does that mean? Maybe pop music doesn't need to exist. Maybe this maybe this track is what we need. Maybe Boris Johnson's heard Old Town Liquid Dreams and gone, this kind of filth is what we're supporting if we give them that money? No, we're withdrawing the funds. Mm, that is the soundtrack <sighs> to like the way that they've handled this mess. It, it really is. Except except having a wet dream is probably more pleasurable. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, let's get on to the pop tunes. So last week on the podcast, we covered your birthday, Scott. You turned 17. Yeah. And you were out bombing around in your, in your, in your Peugeot 206 at this point. <laughs> no, it was a Rover 214 SI, my sisters. Oh, close enough. Close enough. Well, on the 8th of April, 2001, your boy here turned five I'm, I'm, I'm officially five year old uh yes i'm saying more words i'm learning more shapes more colors <laughs> and i'm just generally loving life the fifth birthday party because every birthday party i had as a kid was legendary as i'm sure you can imagine yeah the fifth birthday was at space space have i told you about space space before scott um it sounds out of this world tell me more so space space was in Eldon Square in the Eldon Leisure bit in the top floor and it was just soft play it's just soft play there's nothing that extraordinary except the fact that it's bloody space space and it was just the best wow all the friends mm. from primary school like the entire class was there just mucking about running around presumably falling over and getting bumps and bruises going down slides in ball pits loving it it was just amazing mm. yeah it's funny how whenever you're really small how massive these things seem to you because mm. we had one in like the next town along Korean and I remember thinking that it was massive it must have been massive because I had this like death slide but um, they used to open it every so often for adults <gasps> so adults could go on it oh that's the dream and it was I think it was like 10pm or something that adults could kind of go here because it was in this big complex that had cinema ice rink bowling alleys and, and things like that but um, yeah I think it got closed down constantly for rats in the ball pool so oh, that was boy, the Northern yeah. Irish version of a soft play back in the 90s for me really soft play as an adult now seems I mean, they have like the sort of the you know the sort of extreme bounce you know um, trampoline parks but Love oh my them. god I Adult, adult soft play is just the actual dream. Anyway, we're going wildly off topic. Although it is my birthday, we should revel in the fact that I am now five, which is quite a big deal, actually. Go wash your hands and sing to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the number one single of this week, then. A brand new one from Emma Bunton. Her first solo, kind of. She did do a track before this with somebody else, but this is kind of the first one she did on her own, blah, 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 blah. This is What Took You So Long. What took you so long? What took you all This spent two weeks at the top. This was her only number one. And like Liam said, she did have a single featuring on Tintin Outs, What I Am Before That, which was actually capped off number one by Jerry Halliwell as well. So this is the first official single from the debut album. But yes, Spice Mm. Girls fighting before this. I I listened to this and I listened to it quite a few times, which is probably a good thing because there are some tracks I don't even finish. Whereas this got a good few listens across the week. And... my my notes kind of changed I kind of write things in chronological order it kind of started off like yeah you know what there's some nice guitar riffs but it's pretty safe and then I kept listening more and more to it and I realised actually it doesn't need to be fireworks it's it's fireworks in its own way and my, my, my note that I've written down in big capital letters is just quiet fireworks I think it's kind of deceptive in how brilliant it is. Do you get what I mean by quiet fireworks? Yes. <laughs> I totally get it because whenever I saw this comment on the spreadsheet, it was like, oh yeah, Emma Bottom took you so long, it's a good song. And then I was actually drawn in by it. Mm. You know, I think sometimes whenever things sound simple, I use the word nice, which is like 
yeah, it's fine. It's nice. But actually, I changed all my nice words to great. Mm. This is great. You know, and it isn't It isn't like a big exotic firework. It might just be like a Catherine wheel or something like that. They're setting your fence and your bushes on fire. <laughs> but it's still a firework yes. nonetheless. But yeah. I completely forgot how good it was. I've always liked it. But actually, you don't realise until you start hearing it again how very sing-alongable it actually is. Yeah. How unique... Emma's voice is because she's got this like Wah. she bends her vocals which is good mm, mm. you've got some really good guitar in it she's got some songwriting credits which I really really love but really one of my favourite bits is kind of just before the bridge you get this like really nice subtle electronic vibe yeah. and then whenever it hits the bridge breakdown you get actual some weird pure shores and William Orbit vibes in it which are just all so smooth and so non in your face if that makes sense but mm. everything is great about this track I, I agree and I, I think it's one that's always been playing the radio ever since it came out so I think it has stood the test of time I I wonder though and I was thinking about this when I listened to On The Bus I was trying to think about because Emma is the last Spice Girl out of the gates she's the last person to do a solo solo mm-hmm. she did Tintin out which is great and I lo- by the way for the fourth birthday was a Burger King <laughs> and one of the tracks that I can still see because it's all been filmed by my granddad on that video is us playing um, musical statues with Tintin out wow. so that's always kind of stayed in the memory yeah wow, wow, and that, wow. video's, that video's around somewhere I'll try and dig it out that's so um, good. not that I've got a VHS player no but, no yeah. that's great um, back to my original point Emma is the last Spice Girl to do a solo thing and it made me think about which Spice Girl you can link up with which One Direction member because all of those have now gone solo as well and they've all done very different things I think the Spice Girls are very similar in that regard that they all were in this band together but when they went solo they went wildly different paths do you think we can try and make sense of who's who because I tried to and I just couldn't work it out my first thought was Emma could be the Harry because arguably some of the better work of the solos but then actually I thought Mel C and then I thought Emma kind of matches the acoustic-y, guitar-y vibes of Niall Horan. Yes. Do you, have any ins- do you have any insight on this as a Spice Girls fan? I think you're right with what you're saying about the Harry Styles. Is there five members of One Direction? There was, yeah. yeah so you've yeah. got Harry Styles, who I think is the Mel C. So, like, based on the time we're recording this, Mel C is currently about to go top ten in the album's chart, mm. which is pretty intense because yeah. her new album and her promo's been pretty good. She is the Harry Styles. She is the one that was kind of seen as the voice, the best songwriter, all of that kind of crack. Niall Horan is just lovable, 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 which has got to be Emma Bonton. We've got the... Who's the wild cat? So we've got the kind of... Who left first out of One Direction? Zayn left first. And he's gone he's, he's gone for like sort of, well, like slow jam R&B sort of stuff, isn't he? Like Pillow Talk is his big hit. Okay, so Jerry took some risks and was like, you know, fair enough, she kept Tintin out off number one, which makes it seem like her song is brilliant. But actually she got groped by an alien in the video to that one. So mm. yeah, maybe she's him. Um, who are we left with then? Well, the, the, the one thing I know for certain is that Liam Payne is the worst one so who, who did the worst yeah. solo stuff I think I guess commercially Mel B's did the worst uh, they are similar in many respects aren't they so like Liam was like the playboy wasn't he really mm. and you know he's been off with people doing his thing and Mel B was off with Eddie Murphy and married divorced broken up news headlines all of that kind of crack so not if you kind of ignore because he's got like they both have some good songs his will probably not be as remembered mm. as well in 20 years' time, so we'll be similar to Mel. But um, who does that leave Victoria up against? That's an interesting one, too. I thought Victoria could be Harry, too, because they've both got kind of very... Well, I guess I'm, I'm guessing my Victoria purely on out of your mind because I, <laughs> I, I have no recollection of the other one she did. Yeah. I'm just thinking of, of that being weird and some of Harry's stuff being quite yeah. weird. But who, so who, what, what we've got, we've done, we've done, we've done four of One Direction. Who am I missing? Louis Tomlinson. Oh yeah. So Louis doesn't do anything in the industry anymore really does he? So Victoria's the Louis. He, he, he has a, a share in Doncaster Rovers Football Club. Well there you go, there's a, there's a football link. You know oh, she's yeah. got a share uh-huh. in David uh-huh. of Beckham I suppose. But yeah so I think the highlight from that is the super talents is Mel C and Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Um, the cute lovables are Irish versus Emma Bonton and then the the drama is uh, Mel B versus and I've forgotten his name already uh, Liam Payne Liam Payne who I resent for having the same name as me and getting off with Cheryl which is always my dream like oh, the, the, no. the, the wrong Liam no. got Cheryl that I'm still no. pissed off about that sorry Devo but song wise for Emma Bonton we have got a very good 
number one here mm. um, and I really like it in the video we've got her in the Mojave Desert again which is very poignant for Spice Girls fans because that was where Say You'll Be There was she's dressed in a like a checked dress uh, which is really nice suitcase there's a wolf you know it's just it's really watchable it's really listenable it's still you know manageable all these years later you could hear it in heart where people are happy yeah great great video great song she's ticked a lot of boxes there Okay, let's start a new week. This is the 15th of April 2001. Scott, do you remember where you were on the day that Manchester United won the Premier League? Oh, well, none of my crew were man United fans. Mm. My family's Liverpool. My best mate Simon's Arsenal. Trevor's Spurs. And my mate Craig liked Anastasia. So, you know, it wasn't really the same thing. Are you telling me none of them support... <laughs> Don't remember. None of them supported Limavady FC? No, we do have a, we do have a Limavady United team. And we would <laughs> we would go down every so often. Um, uh, but I would normally go for the annual monster truck show on the pitches instead. <laughs> it was really good. Although one time a monster truck turned really hard and I felt like it was coming close. Um, and I leant back on a wall I was sitting on, pulled the cap off the top of the wall and just buckled backwards and got stuck under the cap with my legs above my head because half the wall had come on me but um yeah monster trucks Rawr, class oh that's that's i could never imagine an answer to that question so beautifully i expected like uh football what and i got that which is just brilliant um elsewhere at the cinema bridget jones diary came out we'll get more on that very very shortly but first this was the number three this week is a new entry for janet jackson it's called all for you is the lead single from her seventh th- 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 seventh yeah. studio album yeah. and actually the tenth and last US number one that we see from Janet mm. she came to the UK did it on CD UK she yes. did it on Top of the Pops um, and it's a big sample of this check out this one this is Change and Glow of Love Big, big sample turned into an R&B track. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. The same sample used for... Do you know? I No, I don't know this. It was also used on Fats and Small Turnaround. No. It was. Take a listen to this. Isn't that mad? Mm. Mm. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. It's wow. a great sample. It's a great track. Uh, I, I, I'd heard it before, but I wasn't no, I didn't know that Luther Vandross was in the group Change. Mm. Quite like that fact. The comparisons here are interesting because, much like Kylie, Janet also had an album in 1997 that was considered quite different to the back catalogues to this point. The album that Janet brought out was The Velvet Rope, which, unlike Kylie's Impossible Princess, was critically acclaimed. I think Kylie's album was kind of more divisive. Yeah. People weren't so sure whether it was a success or not. Whereas, you know, Janet comes in all for you off the back of what's seen by many as one of the definitive albums of the 90s because it explored some taboo subjects. It was quite deep and dark it was quite sexy but in a kind of kinky way not conventionally sort of sexy janet's coming at this one in a very similar position to kylie for me of like she's got she's just she's just gonna come and blow the pop charts away again she's had the fun with the experimental stuff yeah now she's here just to to let rip and do some disco do some pop what can you say overwhelming success i hope you agree please say you agree (laughs) well so whatever i saw it coming bit underwhelmed Together Again was my favourite Janet Jackson track in my head. Right. And then whenever I pressed play on this, I was a bit like, oh my God, this is huge. Yes. I forgot how big this was. I was not excited to listen to this track <gasps> at all. And I, re- I remember it just being so shocking at the time because we were like, has she really just said, you've got a nice package all right, I think I'm going to have to write it tonight. <laughs> and I, w- I, w- I was like, does that, does that mean what... It- 
actually means in my head. Funny, funny you should say that because the, the 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 website Genius, which I always love because it, it tends to break down certain lines of tracks that need a bit more explanation. <laughs> and I, I looked on this one, and they have actually put an annotation for that line. Got a nice package, all right. Guessing I have to write tonight. The interpretation from Genius is, and um, this this shouldn't be a surprise if it is. Um, grow up. Janet is talking about a man's penis when she refers to his package. Her wanting to write it suggests that she wants to have plans to sex with this man. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, we. We, we, just any ambiguity removed. It wow. wasn't any kind of. It wasn't about DPD p- delivery service. It was indeed about uh, getting it on. <laughs> yeah, that's so strange. So overall, the whole song is like just um, a song around Janet's outlook on dating and kind of instructions from her to not be intimidated by her and mm. um, by her fame. Mm. But it's so strange. This song reminds me of whenever I think is it. Did we get to two thousand and three? Whenever Blue Too Close comes out, I think it's two thousand and three. Yes. I was hanging out, hanging out with my friend Sarah Blair, and I think I've said this before. Where Sarah was singing, "Baby, when we're grinding," <laughs> and she was like, "She's like, what does that even mean?" I was like, "Sarah, I think it's about dry humping on someone when you're dancing." And she was like, "No, it isn't." And I was like, "What? What did you think? Janet Jackson's got a nice package, all right? Think I'm going to have to write it tonight?" And she was like, "No." Um, and then you know, like. Sarah was very well behaved and whenever you think that Sarah is going to be like I'm not singing that song anymore Sarah just got a bit friskier in her dance routines whenever she was mm. singing these songs but um, such an erotic song yes. it's happy it's fun it's sexy it's upbeat um, it is naughty which is what I love about yeah, it it's like yeah, it's yeah. it's naughty it's not too naughty can't believe that I'm sitting here bigging up the JJ mm. it's interesting because I mean you say it's happy and it's upbeat and it's positive and it's sexy this record this album came off the back of a divorce from a secret nine year marriage weird isn't that so strange she's been married to someone for nine years told nobody people find out because she's got divorced and this is the next single that comes out this positive joyous sexy disco number I mean, she she's stronger than I'd be. I mean, if I'd been in a, a nine-year marriage and then got divorced, my track that I brought out would not sound like this. <laughs> no, is this, is this code that the guy she was married to for nine years had a minging package because she was just like, you've got a minging package, all right. I'm definitely not going to ride that tonight. <laughs> it's, you know, it's definitely somewhere to put yourself back on the market, isn't it? It really is. And I actually remember watching the video to this over and over again when I was younger because mm. it had a virtual train platform. So you've got like this whole weird 2D world. And I remember watching it thinking... This is so cosmopolitan to me. You know, I'm a, I'm a country bumpkin, really. Yeah. And like now, I've made it because I get to frequently ride the tiny weird metro system. I am practically, <laughs> I'm practically Janet Jackson. You're like, living the life of so luxury. Amazing. I totally am. You know, even whenever the door closes, it goes. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the time, this was all about the ripped jeans. We yeah. have a music video which has got Volkswagen Beetles in it, which we've yeah. said like we've got X fives on the go, we've got Z threes on the go, and we've got VW Beetles. We've got Beetles still in this era. You've got a major hardcore dance routine that she smashes. Yeah, you've got an old school breakdown in the music yes. video with some Janet stuff, and oh. she really you forget how hardcore Janet Jackson was. Mm, completely, it just it just left my head and I'm sorry that I forgot about it Janet well done I will say I mean we spoke about pure and simple last week from Hearsay and I bet nobody expected me to say Hearsay during Janet Jackson but I am going to um, <laughs> I didn't make this point last week because I think we all, I think we made our point enough we didn't need to heap any more shit on the Hearsay I found that track so impersonal and so cold like when they were saying I'm going to be there for you I could feel it whizzing past my shoulder with this I felt like I was in it I was I was Janet Jackson was right in front of me and she was saying these to me Ooh. and it was like there was nobody else it was it felt very intimate and I felt very Ooh. loved by this track I mean like the, the, the tell me I'm the only one I was like fucking yeah right I will oh, <laughs> whatever no. yeah. you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be O-towning with Janet Jackson the night are you pet oh dear let's oh. not go there <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally given that my previous series winner was Daft Punk one more time this beat that to the Grammy for Best Dance Recording in 2002. Ooh, and actually, yeah, there's something else coming up too that's a big track that didn't make it to the Billboard number one spot because of this track. Hmm. 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 So let's take a trip 
to the cinema as I love to do. Uh, I haven't been doing lately because there's nothing on because they're taking all the films off. What's Isn't that brilliant? Mm. Oh. But back in 2001, there was a little thing called Bridget Jones Diary, which <laughs> who could have expected this to explode quite as much as it did? I mean, this film was enormous. It spent five weeks at the top of the UK box <laughs> office and this single was written for it. This is from Gabrielle and it's called Out of Reach. Out of This is Gabrielle's second last UK top 10. We do get a track out of her called Don't Need the Sun to Shine as well. Have you seen Bridget Jones, Liam? I've seen the first one and the third one. So you've not seen the second one? No. Okay. I've not seen the third one. I've seen one and two. I love the Bridget Jones films. I think she's absolutely class in them. She's mm. so, so good. And there's nothing be- better than seeing them two posh idiots fighting each other. It's just the dream. <laughs> it really is a dream. This one, a number four mm-hmm. in the charts... This is kind of going above nice, right? This is a lovely song, vocally beautiful. Gabrielle is amazing. There's a lovely lower rumble that goes through the track and the production. You've got some beautiful strings that are very, very subtle. Melody is brilliant. And it's just like a a really lovely tale, considering it's about heartbreak and hurt, really. But I think it's just a lovely way that it's all been put together Mm. from Gabrielle. Yeah. It's, I found it pretty pretty gut-wrenching, really. Some of the lyrics are very, very sad. Like, it's a, it's, it's a, down, it's a down-tempo song. Mm-hmm. There's some real clear pain in this. Very relatable to, I imagine, many people. I mean, is, is, is this song in the part of the film where Bridget has been broken up with or something? I can't remember, really. She's eating ice cream on the sofa or something, and this, this song soundtracks that. And I think it evokes that feeling that we've all had of that kind of heartbreak and that kind of... You, 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 you go back over the relationship in your head and you think, you know... The, the line, was I ever loved by you? That's just a sword through the chest, isn't it? God. Yeah. It is, it is a tad depressing, but I think what you've got is you've got beautiful depressing because of the way that it's been put. And yeah. it's been done really smartly, but, you know, it has that sing-along factor. And like you said, it's very, very relatable. The video is very odd in many senses, actually, because, you know, Gabrielle looks fire. She's got her fringe. She's got her dark glasses. She's got a long, dark leather coat. She's on a train in some scenes looking in windows. She's looking in house windows. But it's the, I think it's the choice of scenes from the Bridget Jones interspersed through it, whereas, like, there's bits that I think there's Bridget Jones coming down the fire pole, uh, which doesn't make any sense to the song. So it is very much this weird hybrid of get as much Gabrielle in there as you can, but we need to do some promo for Bridget Jones yeah, yeah. and try generate some money. But uh, generally, I really like it. I've, I've kind of said everything that I need to say about it. Mm-hmm. But Gabrielle, I think just a lovely track, probably not naughty enough for me to be like, is it a contender? But on the grand scale of like ballads, a really, really good good love song big song it was the 24th biggest of the year it was certified platinum 700,000 copies sold so you got a big track from a big film wow simple as it's a match made in heaven isn't it so we enter a new week the 22nd of April 2001 and this could be a big moment because we're returning to a former series winner for Scott I'm a bit concerned for the life of J-Lo. I'm not going to lie. Not not in terms of her actual life, just in terms of <laughs> like her being Scott's winner so far. Mm-hmm. This is Destiny's Child with their massive, massive single, Survivor. This was inspired by a pun made by a radio station about the fact three members had already left the band and they com- <laughs> like compared it to the, the programme Survivor. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have written down intro juice. I've yes. got an intro juice right yeah, now. And yeah, actually, yeah. maybe I should have introduced Janet Jackson and didn't. But mm. yeah, this has got a big string start to it as well. But yeah, 
a really strange inspiration and it performed so well it won a Grammy in 2002 for the best R&B performance by a duo or group with vocals talking there about the inspiration for the track it makes me think about Stereophonics last week and how they turned their criticism into in my opinion quite a miserable track that doesn't really help them and just is like a red rag to a bull Destiny's Child have taken some criticism and they've just made one of the biggest pop hits of the decade they do and when you start reading on this again right this doesn't help the Destiny's Child you know brand where they're like Beyonce did it all Beyonce did everything and then two girls racked up and sang on stage behind her because you do really see that actually Beyonce went to the studios with the guys and put together and made this kind of a track she co-wrote and produced the entire album yes all 18 tracks which is mad which I think is actually brilliant but um, yeah this is like what sounds like a song about a bad relationship the other three ex-Destiny's Child members filed a lawsuit because they said it kind of breached terms of a previous agreement about them not insulting each other. So they assumed it was about them. Yeah. But I think, you know, to the wider world, it does look like it's maybe potentially about being in a relationship with somebody who is not helping the situation, whether that be like a love relationship, a work relationship, a friendship, anything like that. But this one, I think, is like a very big, powerful stomper. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think if you look at the the comments of the music video, it's definitely a poignant track now because there's comments of like, you know, I survived cancer, I'm a survivor. There's somebody who's survived, you know, miscarriages and had been in toxic relationships. Even now in 2020, folks who are saying, I had coronavirus and I'm a survivor. It's just like, yeah, this track is a bit of an anthem, isn't it? If you, the, the, the song's memorable enough and the hook is sing-alongable enough yeah. that this is like a bit of an anthem for anybody who's been through something and got through it. And I think that's, that's big power to it that they've written the song so perfectly and they've toned it so perfectly and it's kind of balanced as well as it is that it can be more than a track that could be interpreted as oh we had some ex-band members and we kicked them out and fuck them Um, actually it can be about anything to anyone who's been through anything which is great. Yeah. See, this is the second one now from Destiny's Child that's got me questioning things, right? And I like I like people that are upfront, okay? And I know I said with Say My Name, as much as I love it and it's a jam, it lost points for me because of the... There was a little bit of a sneaky element to it. And, you know, Say My Name, Say My Name and pushing the guy. He shouldn't have been there with somebody else. That all starts with him. But I think that upfront is better than trying to trick people. Yes. And I feel like with this one, again, this could be my second little observation of Sly from Destiny's Child. Mm, okay. you know, if this if this is about the former three members, I don't like that because, you know, you've even entered into a legal agreement. Why do you still feel like you need to write that? If not, excuse this complete point because it's pointless. Yeah. But I do, I do feel like it, it's starting to pull into questions to me about the trustworthiness of them. Mm. It's still a bop. Like, don't get me wrong, it is a massive, massive bop, but there's just something in there that just goes into the back of my head where I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I know no, what you mean. But, but, but because it was the subject of a legal matter, I'm going to take the side of, well, they wouldn't break the law. So it can't be about that, can it? Look at you being the optimist. We've spent way too much time together through <laughs> it's, lockdown. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's potentially quite naive, but you know, okay. I'm choosing to see the best. I'll, I'm choosing to see the best that. in them. I, yeah. I, I know where you're coming from, though. Yeah. Yeah. I still think, you know, well, I'm going to just like void your point there. I'm kind of thinking, you know, if the three former members who know Beyonce, have grown up with Beyonce, been in bands with her and stuff like that, even though there's a lawsuit in place where they expect to not get that, if they thought that that was about them, it's because they know something and they know the the system of the Knowles is too well and they're going to like, we're going to open this can, we can leave this can closed and give them the benefit of the doubt or if we really feel like we need to open this, we need to open this and they opened it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they could just be like looking for some of that nine million that they sold that they use in the yeah, lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move off legal matters because that's got us in trouble before and I don't fancy getting sued by Destiny's Child and Beyonce, who's the most powerful person in the bloody world. The video, they've got a commando look going on that kind of fits the Survivor TV show and and the sort of vibe of the song. All I'll say is it works for me and I'll leave it there. (laughs) It made me want to see them live. It really did. And I've seen Beyonce live because I've gone on one of her tours. Um, I've not gone on tour with her. (laughs) You've been on tour with Beyonce. Yeah, you know, otherwise she'd be even richer had she taken me as a support act. That would have been great. Of course, yeah. Yeah, Me flossing away in the background there to like some old (laughs) Destiny's Child songs. But yeah, this song makes me want to see them live and I would love for them to do a tour. If they did a tour, it would be impressive. That would be really, really good. But in the video, you've got some life rafts, you've got bamboo jungles, you've got some like fires, you've got tribal vibes, you've got storms. Takes a lot of boxes. And as much as I've been harsh about the kind of the legal side of it, and it's, I've used the word slime and been called in the question a little bit, I still think that this is a big global jam, jam, jam. Raspberry Seedless. 
this is a song that I did not know about. It's safe to say that I do now know about this song and what it means. Uh, it's Old Town, Liquid Dreams. So this is a song about, yes, I'm saying these words, nocturnal emissions or wet dreams, as it's known to some. So how on earth have you escaped this song your whole life? I don't know. Well, I I, I was five when it came out, so I wasn't really, (laughs) I I wasn't having any wet dreams. And if they were, they were not. The, the, the liquid that's depicted here yeah I don't think I was pissing about it fire to be fair no but, um, no. so this is kind of like the original original reality TV program so just before we had we had pop stars with Hearsay this has already started in America and it was making the band um, and we I think we could get it on like did we get it on like TMF or something like that or maybe one of the free channels I think it was on T4 it might have been in something like that so we did get this program here and there was so much hype for what was going on with this band but I've written in capital letters and I never write write in capital letters and actually I could probably take a picture of this and put it on social I've written (laughs) this is so disgusting and derogatory and I'm not just being uptight who signed this shit off what the actual four underscores that might be the strongest you've ever been about a track on this show ever would you would you would you say that's the case it's certainly I get that vibe I think so right because I do find you know as we're moving through this and I know some tracks are like jams and like shaggy it wasn't me and all of that kind of crack and I loved it when I was young and I'm like, oh, Scott, you know, just chill your beans a little bit. This is a different level of chilling your beans. <laughs> this was this was an opportunity to show the world the power of reality TV and what you could do. And actually, the better and the nicer song that comes out of the system is hearsay, pure and simple. This one is just not aimed at anybody. Like, who the <laughs> hell bought this? This was aimed at... The pajamas of teenagers. That's all it was yeah, aimed at. There yeah. was there was no actual market for this unless there was something I was missing. Did I want to buy this? I didn't want to buy this. I didn't want to sing this. I didn't want to listen to this on the radio. Well, if you can believe... I'll, I'll get to a quote in a second that, that does suggest who they did aim it at. Whether it was successful or not is another question. Well, actually, the, 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 the proof of success comes in the fact that this was number three in the UK. How? So... You know, clearly it was bought. A quote that I found from the lead songwriter Bradley Spalter says that I've always loved boy bands in the 2000s. Uh, there was trouble brewing. See, girls loved them, but boys couldn't stand them, which meant that if we didn't do something to change perceptions in a few years, there wouldn't be enough boys who could sing and dance to fill demand. But what I didn't know what to do, and then it hit me, why not write a boy band song for boys? So it's probably aimed at people younger than you, but it's aimed at boys. It's it's aimed at males. This so, isn't really for females because wow. girls wouldn't buy this. Because why would why would girls want to listen to songs about boys in bed spunking their sheets uh, about Jennifer Lopez and Cindy Crawford, etc., etc.? Girls wouldn't want to hear that. And you're quite right. But it, boys, uh, why would boys want to buy this? I don't I, I don't I don't see it personally. This is kind of um, like apparently. Ugh. Apparently they workshopped some ideas. They also had things in mind of uh, growing facial hair, getting erections in class, um, your voice cracking when girls talk to you. But none of them had that secret source, according to Joshua P. Thompson, who co-wrote the song. And secret source is very much the the subject of the track. I imagine that... Did they use those words? Secret sauce? <laughs> yeah. Secret sauce, oh, yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Honestly. And the, ba- the band was put together by Lou Pearlman, yeah. who was yeah. obviously Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and by this point, NSYNC had parted ways with Lou because of what sounds like all manner of corruption and, and has been proved that corruption did take place because he's now... Well, he got put in, mm-hmm. He got put in prison, basically. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, big success for girls. Lou Pearlman presumably has had to go well we need to do something else because they've got that market cornered. Let's just go for shock value. Let's just totally do something that nobody expects and do a song about spunk. <laughs> this is, you know what this is? This is Mr. Hanky the Christmas Poo. There's no difference. Yeah. They're both they're both the same. They're practically the same song. This, like all this is, is this is a, an open invitation for guys to openly and publicly criticise different parts of women's bodies yeah. and make women feel worse about themselves. Do you know what it is, right? There's there's certain things, obviously, like as a man, there's certain parts of different people that you find sexy and yeah, you can you can play that jigsaw in your head if you want, but you do not share that with other people if you're going to do that, you yeah. know, because, you know, it's teenage, teenage boys are hormonal anyway. But, you know, you don't 
sit and say that to women you don't say that to other people and you know you probably and I know like you know with your lads sometimes there's like you know no holes barred and you say stuff and it stays within the group and stuff. you probably don't want to say that to other lads and stuff and did was 17 year old Scott this big of a douchebag to sit and be like <laughs> I think I'll find it funny that there was a song about wet dreams yeah but I'll not have now that I've analysed it, I'm still very much going back to my capital letters. Like, this has got the actual worst bridge to date. <laughs> liquid dream. In my liquid dreams, waterfalls and streams, these liquid dreams. That is the worst bridge to yeah. have ever been used in a song in history ever yeah. on the biggest platform that the world had probably ever seen for a brand new pop band. Like, sitting around that table making them decisions and there not being any whatever that fucking secret sauce was or whatever. Mm. This is shit. I, I feel sorry for the women who've been depicted in the track. I'm sure they're flattered at the thought of these um, you know pipsqueaks that have just won a contest singing songs about ejaculating to them but I feel sorry for all women that this is how they find out or or this is certainly a a reinforcement of the idea that this is how some men talk about them when they're not in the room or or in this case they are well if the song's aimed at boys and not girls then this this is what I'm saying about when they're not there but girls will have heard this and I, I i hope they were as appalled as we are that this is the conversation that's had because this is this has been through testing and it's been through songwriting it's been through production making a video and at no point did somebody not think this is probably not the best idea no 2001 it was a wild time wasn't it it really was because <laughs> you couldn't do you, no, no, nobody'd have the goal to do this now unless it was sarcastic as like an alternative i can think of alternative artists who aren't in the mainstream who could do a track like this and it could be seen as fa- sarcastic and parody yes but this this isn't that this this is fully uh, a big max martin style production that is literally about having wet dreams about girls and it's not great the closest thing to this that was correct and was well done was is it the lonely island jizz in my pants yes i've got that, that written is... down here yeah have you really i Great. do i was looking at other songs that are also about spunk um and i, I found <laughs> oh, no. oh. The, 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 there's a lot of songs about masturbation because obviously there's the, the vapors turning japanese that if the if the story's true it's actually quite racist but it, it is about masturbating you've also got a song by buzzcocks called orgasm addict which sounds like this well you tried it just for once find it all right for kicks but now you find out that it's a habit that sticks and you're an orgasm addict you're an orgasm addict sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines so your mother wants to know what all the stains on your jeans and you're an orgasm addict you're an orgasm addict as you say, you've got Lonely Island, Jizz in My Pants, which sounds like this. She turned to me, that's when she said it. Look me dead in the face, as cash a credit, and I jizzed in my pants. It's perfectly normal, nothing wrong with me, but we're going to need a clean-up on aisle three. And now I'm posed in an awkward stance because I jizzed in my pants. And maybe my favourite of them all, from Cannibal Corpse, this is called I Come Blood. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Would you say that Ozone Liquid... Ozone? Would you say that O-Town Liquid Dreams is the worst of the four? (laughs) Oh, yes. And just back to that note about, like, um, blood and stuff, I did have a a journey with a taxi driver the other day who was telling me about his vasectomy and how now his is just steam. Um, But yeah, I would say this is the... (laughs) Yes. um, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, Yeah. Um, so the video for this opens with splashes and drips into water. This is like the worst green screen, the worst green screen video I think I've seen. Um, yeah. But this is just like one of the worst songs to ever exist, and yeah. it shouldn't exist. It is the wrong message to send the young boys. It is a a ticket to treating people the wrong way and these lads in the band and the writers and everybody behind this still wet the bed that's all I've got to say yeah quite I've got tears on my Mm. eyes (laughs) oh let's move on oh shit I need to calm down (laughs) you really caught us off guard there (laughs) oh fuck right I need to pull myself can you link this one (laughs) I don't know how to have I ever done that before oh no I'll I'll, I'll pull myself around come on here we go right it's not that funny come on it's it's, it's normal it's fine 
This is the first UK top 10. Unbelievably, it feels like there should have been more before this, but it, apparently it isn't. Uh, Missy Elliott, get your freak on. I'm still laughing. This, <laughs> this is. <laughs> I've managed to stop Sorry, as well. Missy Elliott, we've destroyed it. This is oh. the first single from her third studio album, Miss E. So Addictive. Yeah. I have this down as an intro juice. Oh, I have this down yeah. as an intro juice. Not an intro steam, an intro stop juice. It, stop an it. intro juice. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realise till analysing this today that actually it's just full of Bangra sounds. Yeah, this is this this track is is Bangra inspired, which comes from the British Punjabi community. It's produced by Timberland and Missy Elliott, and I think the story goes that he was on a trip somewhere, he heard this kind of music, and he thought that would make a really interesting bit of production. Uh-huh. And it bloody does, doesn't it? It's 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 a, it's a marvel in bringing unique sounds that we haven't really heard from an American artist before, because it because it, it is in British culture. Yeah. And actually, there are more tracks that come in the next few years that do have mm-hmm. Bangra influence or are directly Bangra tracks. Yeah. But th- th- this is a fascinating production, and. and, and Bloody Timberland, you know, powerhouse of production. I think this is the first time we've seen him since Aaliyah Try Again, which was a winner for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So that could be interesting. I mean, mm. the, the, the accolades for this are big and from everywhere. Rolling Stone, one of their best tracks of this decade and indeed all time. NME said similar. Uh, is it is it similar thoughts for you, Scott? Are you taken by this? Uh, I really like this, right? Baseline, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Flow, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Lyrically, yes, yes, yes. Structure, erratic in a good way Hello. Hello. you know just the way that they pull it up with that is brilliant repetitiveness just of get your freak on works yeah and this really this was the track that put her on my radar right mm. i really really like this track and i actually feel like i think it's quite sad that actually we've become so accustomed to it that you forget that it's a walking advert now for banger because mm. i'd never considered that before and actually i wish that somebody was walking around every time you heard it and said this is a great banger sample you know this is a really great piece because you don't think of that anymore and it's as if it's been stolen from Brangra and just made into like hip hop and R&B yeah completely I will have been scared of Missy Elliott back in the day and I, there's probably a bit of me that still is and I, I and I say similar about Alicia Dixon in <laughs> Mystique I think I've, I was always historically kind of freaked out by Alicia Dixon and I, and I, and I understand that it's just because I had never seen that before yeah. I'd never seen a black woman rap quite like that or you know, or, or perform quite like that. As as a kid, to be to be scared like that and not understand why is kind of that's fair enough. These days, I get it now, and I I, I understand why that was my way. There is a certain intense energy about Missy, though, isn't there? She she is an intense performer, and it's you're you're either with her or you're, you're like me and you were scared of her. I find it weird when you see her dance, mm. and I don't know why I find it weird when I see her dance because there's something about Missy Elliott, and I think it might be the short hair and like the earrings that she's got she reminds me of the fact that I could go to get a loaf of bread down my local shop and she would be there in her dress and gown her pyjamas and her slippers because she's left the house without putting any clothes on and you don't mess with her because she could kill you with a look Yeah. so there's that kind of element of it because she just reminds me of the people that I know there it's her body language so she has the body language of, of that and yeah the short hair and stuff but I love the fact that she puts her all into all of this so she is in the video she does some dancing there's tribal vibes and actually the weirdest part of the video for me right was actually she flames across the screen into some dude's mouth mm-hmm. and we've been living with COVID way too long my reaction that should have just been a bit extra was like triple extra yeah. I was just so shocked at the fact that she like gobs and it goes across and lands in some dude's mouth it's just it's so mental but I love like I feel like she's really committed to this and um, mm. we do see her in another six singles across this whole podcast but sitting watching Missy Elliott right and you've got cameos from Jerul Timberland you've got Eve you've got Buster Rhymes and stuff in this music video but it's still all about Missy mm-hmm. and she is like a beast you know she is really really talented really good and finally this is the third and final single from Madonna's album Music it's called What It Feels Like For A Girl
So this is a track that's pretty much all about double standards. It's a, a really good late night track. But if you Google it and YouTube it, what you'll find is you actually get the Paul Oakenfold remix back first, which doesn't have very many lyrics. But what it does have is it's got the great, great, great music video that mm-hmm. was actually produced by Guy Ritchie because Madonna was with him at the time. So yeah. the video is, I'm going straight to the video. The video, I could not stop watching it. It is a real watchers video. Yeah. And I didn't understand why I'd never seen it before. But it was because it pretty much got banned everywhere. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, being Guy Ritchie, it was banned by MTV because it's quite violent and uh, there was also some some controversial scenes there involving police. Yeah, video-wise, it's so engaging. She steals an old lady from an old Kuntz home, <laughs> which is a nice little joke. It's Yeah, you've mentioned it's a song about double standards and I find it really interesting because it's a thing Madonna's spoken about a lot over her career and I think most female artists have spoken about the fact that no matter how hard they try, they can never be seen on the same footing as a man which is not right but even in this track she's saying that even when artists do try and be on the same footing as a man they're, they're accused of trying too hard and they're told to try less. Yes. Which, I mean, you're in a losing battle, aren't you? If you're, if, if, what, the, the, it, it seems like a battle to me that can never be won while men think the way they do. It makes me fucking angry. Yeah, I hate the fact that we have to sit in this podcast as two men and talk about these things. But, you know, I, know. I think we do approach them from an educational point of view. I would much rather have a female sitting here doing the same thing and actually telling us our experiences but I think some of the stuff that Madonna said about this is actually really eye-opening because I never really thought of it in this way because she was quite prescriptive and she said it's about reflecting on how women had been encouraged to be independent but actually historically women were always made to be the first to compromise in situations that included men Mm. and she said that actually she then realised that being an independent woman came across as scary to men which actually then made her a casualty in that respect as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you couldn't, she couldn't win. And that was actually what, what was one of the contributing downfalls pretty much to that relationship. But you never think of it like that. Well, I don't as a man, really. And I think I'm, I'm on the grand scale of men. A lot of the time I can be quite flexible. Yeah. But I think that that was really interesting to listen. Now, I think for me, the strongest part of this song isn't anything to do with Madonna, even though what Madonna does in this track for me is really good. But mm. the opener is a spoken word opener of Charlotte Gainsbourg yeah. from the 1993 British film The Cement Garden. It's 30 seconds long. You've got to listen to this. This is vital. Girls can wear jeans and cut their hair short, wear shirts and boots. Is it okay to be a boy? But for a boy to look like a girl is degrading. Because you think that being a girl is degrading. But secretly, you'd love to know what it's like, wouldn't you? That's just such an interesting message mm, that, mm. again, because the. And it's kind of sad that the music video got banned because I would have been the prime kind of person to access with those messages. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I didn't, I didn't get that until, you know. October 2020 I'd never heard that before until I've researched this music video because it was kind of banned so as much as Guy's done his thing it's amazing Madonna's written some really great stuff and performed really well in a song that message kind of got got lost in it but this is way less of a vanilla song than I thought it was going to be yeah. because I remember mm-hmm. the chorus and actually listening to it gripped, gripped, gripped I think it's what Madonna does all the time she writes these big well this this, this isn't a big pop track but certainly you know it's, it's a commercial pop track that is so much richer than meets the eye mm-hmm. you know the, the actual content of it is, is is far greater than what people might expect from a, 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 a pop song y- you say that the video got banned and it it stopped you accessing it do you think that's what stopped it getting higher in the charts do you think it, I mean, it was number seven in the uk 23 on the billboard in america do you think more attention would have got it higher up there do you think do you think we've almost been robbed of more success for this track because of the video yeah i do think that's the case actually because again some i think most of the critics were really really uber positive about it and were like this is brilliant this is some of the best work off the album it should have come sooner in fact the Paul Oakenfold remix is absolutely class if you yeah. like trance music and and the trance music actually goes really really well with the video yeah, that it's it does. on so like watch the, it's so so good and there's just a bit where Madonna's sitting with this kidnapped old granny in the car and she's in a muscle car sitting beside some lads eyeing her up she then drives forward through the red light does a full 360 <laughs> and comes straight into the side of them and you know the old little lady's just sitting there staring into the space shocked and Madonna just pops her glasses back up her nose so they're mm-hmm. sitting perfectly on her face and like it, it's comedy genius but actually it's just oh it's so interesting to watch but I completely think that the audience that will have seen this 
on the few channels that it was allowed on after like nine or ten at night are not the ones that are going to spend money mm. on this track. Yeah, and that's why it and number like number seven is a great position for a track that pretty much got no music channel play yeah. so this was practically a number one yeah 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 it's it, it's a shame that it isn't and if indeed it is the video that stopped to get in that play that's the work of a man holding madonna back how ironic mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and and if you if you look forward to these days to 2020 and one of the biggest tracks of this year so far being cardi b and megan the stallion um with wap um wet ass pussy if you must this is a similar thing where that tracks attracted so much attention because it's women talking about sex whereas you look at men in certain genres in certain just certain artists who talk about sex very explicitly Mm -hmm. and people are very very intimidated by the fact that these are two independent women who are doing a song talking about what they want yeah and people are losing their minds over it people are people are going berserk about these women doing what men have done for decades and apparently they 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 shouldn't it it comes back to that quote of when why are you trying hard to be your best when you could be a little less it's like no let them do that it's your it's your it, it's your problem if you can't handle them saying what they say mm-hmm. they have every right to say that as as humans who are like you you dick yeah I'm absolutely no matter who you are say what you want to say just know who your audience is and don't scar a child to Early, leave that to the parents. Yeah, you know, but you know, be you. Don't do anything that's going to get you in major trouble. No. <laughs> Next time we see Madonna, we'll be die another day. Ooh, which is, is, is a, an interesting story of its own. Oh. Let's just say that much. A big week, and I'm hesitant to use the word hard after talking about Liquid Dreams, uh, but it has been difficult this week. I think we, we you, have you have you are you there yet, Scott? Because you weren't about a minute ago when I last asked you that question. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty worried that I'm going to have to verbal diarrhea, uh-huh. and this could be the one that I regret the most. But do you know what? Mm, uh, <laughs> uh, ooh, I think I've got logic. Right, I've got logic. I'm I'm curious to hear it, um, Scott. What are your contenders, and what is your episode winner? Okay, going backwards then, because I think this deserves a nod because I was so surprised at how good a track it was because I'd normalised it in my head over the years. Uh, kind of in fourth place, really. There's going to be Emma Bonton. What took you so long? What took you so long? Third place, even though it's kind of like semi-joint first place, which isn't semi-joint because it's third. Uh, <laughs> Missy Elliott, get your freak on. Second place, and I love the message of it, and I love the fact that it lives on today, and people know this, and this seems to be the obvious winner, but there is the sly element for me. My runner-up this week is going to be Destiny's Child Survivor. meaning that my episode winner is a big one it's a jam I forgot it I wasn't looking forward to it then now I want to go watch it again and again and again and it makes me love the tiny weird metro system just for being semi-cosmopolitan <laughs> when you don't work half the time winner Janet Jackson all for you oh my god God, that's taken me by surprise. It really, really has. Did you think that Destiny's Child was an obvious winner for me? Um, I, I, I think it did for a bit. Then you mentioned your suspicions about them, and I thought well, maybe that's going to detract from it. Yeah, you weren't tempted by Liquid Dreams. Oh well, that's in a whole different ballgame itself, isn't it? Yes, you know it, it, it wins. It, it, it really is the most disgusting song to ever have existed ever <laughs> as a number three in the UK chart. I'd say. Yeah, I wonder if they'll come on and accept that award. <laughs> I wonder if they'll come oh, and join well. us. Uh, I think they've actually done stuff as a band again recently, yeah. which is devastating. Yeah, hope, hopefully yeah. a bit more PC. Okay, so <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, let me see. Can I make predictions in my head about where you're going to go? I've kind I of, like- I, I think, apart from what I've said on this podcast, I've kept my cards quite close to my chest across the week. I haven't been texting you going, oh my God, I love this song. No. The- normally I would, no, normally I'd text you at some point saying, I think this will be the, this will be the track, but I haven't said anything this week. So, no. Oh. Plus my messages have been terrible. So if you had said something, I still wouldn't know. I think <laughs> I got a potential prediction about what you're going to do here, but I'm going to let you roll. Okay. I think we should start writing these down before the show. Like, you know, but like X Factor style, write them in an 
envelope and go, I think they'll choose this, and we'll open them and go, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like I'm quite predictable, so it'll be quite easy for you, but it's, you're, you're much harder to read. Yeah. And I can't see you today, which makes it even harder. I know, yeah, sorry. I, ooh, I, I'm not sure if I can do, I, I, can't, I can't do a third second first. I'm just going to have to just verbal diarrhea. I'm going to put in Madonna, what it feels like for a girl as a contender. Love the message, love the way it sounds, love that it conjures those William Orbit vibes but isn't quite William Orbit, which I'm, I'm fine with. Yep, it's grand. I'm also going to put in Destiny's Child, Survivor. That goes hard. It just goes really hard. Winner once again <laughs> um, we've gone the same thing and I, and I didn't think we would but we have I'm going for Janet Jackson all for you no I didn't have that down I didn't think that that was going to be you I thought you were going to do I thought you were going to do Destiny's Child Survivor as your number two and Missy Elliott get your freak on as your number one didn't even make no. the pot oh he's off today no. Gert's off yeah yeah. I, I, I like it I don't love it I think um, I, I, yeah that, that's what I'm going to say where's Janet I think it's just a it's a fucking vibe it's just a vibe <laughs> it's a vibe that I like um, it's very sexy and it, 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 I felt very connected to it very good yeah. very good mm. so the choice now isn't as I expected Destiny's Child against JLo. it's Janet Jackson versus JLo. hmm uh, which is it going to be all for you or love don't cost a thing let's find out Scott tell us I think yeah I'm thinking these are very close I think these are there's so much similar about these tracks and the hype of these tracks I'm thinking actually that there's an element of celebrity in Janet Jackson's one which gives it some hype as a pop track but actually what you don't get is you don't get that and love don't cost a thing with JLo what you do is you get independence you get her working from the ground up and things like that mm-hmm. and I think because JLo feels like she is a normal and she is a strong independent woman that's built herself from nothing JLo stays on love don't cost a thing Okay. Did you think it was going to switch? Okay. But possibly when you when you mentioned that there was an element that Janet had that J Lo didn't, I thought is that a, is that a positive or a negative? And I think it, it it kind of in the end was more of a negative. But um, yeah, I respect that. That's fine. I've actually only just remembered this second that she was in Naughty Professor the Clumps. That might have downgraded her actually. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the track that came before this was the one where she says I'm nutty for you or whatever she says where it's, it's a direct reference to Eddie Murphy in a fat suit yeah okay that's fine I respect that yeah I do okay so you have got Janet Jackson all for you versus outcast Miss Jackson hit you with a drone because I knew this is the choice I was going to make and I was certain about this from the first time I listened to it this week I was just like yeah this is the winner there's nothing there's, there's nothing going to as much as Destiny's Child is probably second it's it's a long way second I think I've listened to this so much across the week and it's, it's, it's that thing again of having to listen to Outcast again and go putting these side by side they're very different they've both got the cool factor both so cool both conjure different feelings I guess I'm very impressed by Outcast and the ability that they show on the track the candid nature of the track for Outcast is very admirable Janet Jackson is just an absolute tune, isn't it? It is. And I like the story behind it. I like that it was a big comeback track. I like that it was a total reinterpretation of her life. This is much harder than I thought. <laughs> I hate dropping things so soon. I really, I don't like doing it. But the, the happiness that Janet's brought me across the week. You know what? Fuck it, I'm changing. I'm changing, I'm changing. <laughs> Janet, ja, ja, it's, it's just such a big tune and it's 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 come out of nowhere for me because I'm not sure I'd heard this before this week. This was massive. Are you 100%? I shouldn't have asked you that. You're 100%. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. 100%. And I think, so I think that, I think that, Freak. I think standing on the outside looking in because we've discussed before that we've got different people listen, listen to this podcast in different ways. We've got people with spreadsheets and analysing it the way we are. We've got some people that don't even really listen to the hooks. We've got some people just know song titles and see what's coming and they make assumptions based on past experience. 
I think everybody's going to know about Casmus Jackson, and I think that you might get grief for this because not many people are going to remember Janet Jackson all for you, especially if you're the younger generation. Mm. But if you're the one that's thinking right now, what has Liam done? You need to just go if you haven't already and just give yourself the Janet Jackson all for you experience. And I'm confident you will, even if you don't shift into Camp Liam, you will be way closer to that tipping point than what you were if you're just looking at it yeah. by words on a sheet. Anybody who slags me off for this hasn't heard it, and then when they have heard it, they'll go, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it is a jam. Yeah. It is a jam. Yeah. Hard decision. Yeah. Interesting one. It's, it, look, look, I, I, Outcast will, will, will weigh on my soul heavy because Pure Shaw still does, Elias still does, Madison Avenue still does, and even though I'm not verbally representing them going forward on the show... In my mind, they'll always be winners. Outcast will always be a winner in my mind, because it has been. Yeah. It isn't going to be the winner of the series, but I still love it, and it doesn't... Being knocked off by Janet is no reflection of it. It isn't like the Janet track is better or worse or what. It's just that that's that's my decision. That's what I've done. Mm, I'll make you feel better. I skipped Outcast in the car the other day. (gasps) Oh, Mm -hmm. right. There you go. Yeah, that's interesting. We will, of course, hand the choice to you now. The Listener's Choice Award is a weekly thing we do. Hearsay won last week, 37.1%. Wow. Both of us choose Sal Soul Nugget last week, and it finished bottom, 14.3. Once again, proving that we know nothing, and we are just, um, I don't know, anarchists, music anarchists. You can find it on our Twitter page, Naughty00Pod. Also get us on Facebook and Instagram, TNNPod. And the email address for your emails and voice notes is naughty. Zero zero pod at gmail.com and please leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts as well and of course the rule suggests this podcast to a music loving mate why not share it on some socials spread the love thank you mm, that'd be great so next week JLo is back Woo! and she will go up against herself oh, as, yeah. we've, as we've just learned plus a Spice Girl Woo! in the form of Jerry Halliwell and if I say the words don't stop moving to the funky, funky beat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. S Club, they're back next week. Join us. Yeah.